Yep. What a kid. I'm gonna keep mine short and simple. The Las Vegas Raiders are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, during draft time, we said it was a surprise that the Raiders took Henry Ruggs as the first wide receiver. I said it was because they wanted to go and get someone to match Tyreek Hill. Obviously, we haven't seen too much out of Ruggs yet this season. He got injured uh, in week two against the Saints. He is trending towards playing. Obviously, that could change. But if he does play, I'm going to say he has more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill. Okay. The Atlanta-Carolina game. And I'm calling my shot. I'm not going to be ridiculously specific, so I don't get it. But I'm also going bold. 0-4 right now. They need to make a stand. They have five-game stretch here where I believe that they can go 5-0. and So I'm calling my shot this week. Josh said Carolina's going to win. I'm saying that. Atlanta is going to dominate. They are going to blow out the Carolina Panthers by multiple. It's going to be multiple scores, and and Matt Ryan is going to go for three plus touchdowns. Todd Groot is going to get a score. It's going to be all right. We don't have to listen to okay, anymore. Okay, hang on. Time out. I'm real confused here. We're not to listen to more of you that. Literally prep it by saying you're not going to be outlandish, and then you say like six things. Are we surprised that I'm an idiot? You're not an idiot. <laughs> Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. It's ridiculous. My name's Josh Lapp. My name's no longer Adam Jeffrey Rossi. It's just dummy. It's Adam Starr. It's like I can't get anything right. No. You're doing great. <laughs> you just like include 16 parts to your friends 14. Yeah, when you say, even when you prep yourself saying you're not going to, you're like, I'm not going to be too crazy, but this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and then Josh is going to be president. It's just who I am, man. Just I guess odds just, of all of those things happening? I guess it'll just never change. You know, I guess... I mean, theoretically, it kind of makes sense. Like, if you expected to be multi-touchdown, then Matt yeah, would throw for that. And sure. So, I mean, like, they kind of work together, but you're I great. always feel weird when you're I say, game. when I go to do a bold prediction, and I'm just like, they're going to win in a blowout. And it's, like, so simple. And I'm like, that's not bold enough. I don't know. It's fine. I mean, I think, I, I understand what you're saying, but when, I just think we think of bold in different ways. Like, how, how I was. How many yards does Tyreek have? Tyreke, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I mean, I know Ruggs went over a hundred on I, just yeah, two Ruggs, catches. <laughs> it was it was mostly all because of it the was one very Tyreek Hill. Uh, but yes. it was uh, Tyreek Hill, I believe, had seventy-eight. Let me. I was say, I really don't know. I wasn't uh, too locked into that game. We didn't tune into it until later in the game. But he had five catches for ninety-nine. Oh wow! Okay, so it was a lot closer. But still, that's. What do you got? Two and a half now? One and a half? Um, well, if you're still giving me that half, I'm I giving you the half. The half is because it was so close. And it, I'm giving you the half not because it was so close, but because you literally showed me the note that said that you changed it <laughs> the last second. So that, I think that's fair. Which is a reason I started deleting my notes like right after the show. I feel like I need to keep them. Right. So like, you can prove. I mean, like they, they technically don't get deleted for like 30 days or whatever. Yeah. But regardless, everybody, welcome to the beginning of week six of the NFL. Um, we are recording on Thursday the 15th. No Thursday night football because we had some Tuesday night football this week. Yeah. So a little bit of a trade-off. I think we're, you know, I don't know. It was a bad trade. Well, you know. We'll talk about that shortly. 
Uh, for now, let's talk about some of the other big things going on before we start talking about past games and future games. One of the biggest things that happened this weekend was obviously the injury of one Dakota Prescott. Yeah. Uh, compound fr- an- a compound ankle fracture and dislocation. It was pretty gross. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I wasn't watching that TV right, when it I happened, and it, you were looking, like, and you're like, <gasps> I was like, Ooh. and I was like, what? And I saw a dackling on the ground, and like I looked right at the shot where it was like, his like ankle like it. dangling. It's, it was oh, it's just, pretty. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. They, um, they even when they were showing the replays on like CBS and NFL, like they blur out his ankle because they don't want people to have to look at it. Pretty bad. So he had surgery on Sunday night. Successful surgery. I know with this type of injury obviously it's to the ankle and and not like the leg like alex smith but when you have a fracture a clear break kind of like that through the skin which is what happened they're always worried about infection which is obviously a large part of what smith dealt with right absolutely Um, but they had some of the best doctors in the area take care of dak as you would kind of expect for a player of his i mean probably any Player, but player. especially but like yeah. a person of his caliber, absolutely. And things seem to be going well. He posted um, a while ago a video of him going to his first post-op appointment. It yeah. seemed to be in good spirits. So, and I mean, this poses the question about the NFC East now. I mean, we I jokingly said a couple weeks ago where I was like, tune in next week to see if I recall, you know, the Eagles thing, and I haven't because I, you know, I still believe in them. But I mean, now. Andy Dalton comes in the red rifle, and he's a proven quarterback. I mean, he's a he's he's won a lot of games in the NFL. He's only I don't actually even think that he was the quarterback when they won their one playoff game, or did they win a one playoff game with him? I really can't even remember because that was the story is that they went like five or six straight without winning a playoff game. But right. a, a stat I did wanted to bring up about this is so in Dak Prescott's first four seasons, he's forty and twenty four with ninety seven passing touchdowns. And Andy Dalton's first four seasons as a starter, 40 and 23 and 1 and 99 passing touchdowns. So very similar starts to their career in terms of stats. I thought that was very interesting. But, yeah, I mean, Dallas has got a rally here. And I think that – I really, really think that if you're you're a Dallas fan, I wouldn't feel much differently right now. I know that, you know, everybody is saying Dak is – you know, one of the best and all this stuff. And he, I mean, he's been playing that way for sure. But Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. And Andy Dalton has proven himself to be a good starter in this league. This team is not done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's a little. Dallas fans are going to be rightfully upset uh, about what happened. Just this is a guy that they. I would say most wanted to to have that long term extension to be like their guy and whatnot. So it's disheartening to see your guy yeah. go down, especially in that right in that way. I mean, it's different if you have a guy that goes out and misses two games, but to know right. like you don't have your quarterback for the rest of the right. year that stinks. And this, I mean, this is why you pay your backup quarterback a little bit more money. I mean, there are some teams that their backup was they like. You look at Philadelphia as just a second-round pick. He's a rookie. He's not very experienced. He's kind of a raw player that said they need some development. But this is why you go out and you say, no, we're going to pay Andy Dalton, who was a starter, more money because we want that insurance. And in the NFL, more and more and more, the backup quarterback has become more and more valuable because majority of teams need to get at least one or two starts out of their backup quarterback anymore these days. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we'll see. I think this is a weird, a weird take. And it's probably not completely accurate, but I don't think this is a bad thing for Dallas moving forward. I think 
so much of the offense, and this is a very McCarthyism. He came in, he's like, we're going to throw the ball a ton. I think with this, you scale it back a little bit. You remember that you have Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs in the league, and you're like, we're going to turn to this guy now a little bit more. And they're still going to throw the ball a lot. Of I course mean, they I will. Mean, you've, got, you've got three. I I literally said it on my rant the other week where I said this is the, the best trio of receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Like I, I, it, they're it going really to throw it, but I don't think it's going to be – what it has been. It might be and obviously more, a lot of that comes with yeah. how you were talking about slow starts and I was right. talking about turnovers and if those things continue to happen, they're not going to be able to run Zeke all the time. But it might, mean, obviously Zeke was a proponent of that. He was it, fumbling the ball yeah, too. But, it, but it, might force, it might force a more collaborative effort in an attempt to make sure more people are involved instead of we're just going to have Dak throw it the whole game long. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens for sure. Uh, we know that passing is more... Uh, EPA friendly, and we know that a lot of teams find more success when they pass more than run. But that being said, when they, I mean, uh, but that being said, you know, we know that you know it's it's a team sport for a reason. You you have all these different positions for a reason, and you know we made the point that you know the top five percentage in rushing teams were top five teams in in the league, and I. I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do a correction on that, but I do want to point out that when I said that, I did say there's a lot more nuance to that stat. It's not just oh, whoever runs the most wins the game. It, it you know, part of that is you run the most because at the end of the game you're leading and you're just running the clock out sort of deal. But you still have to be able to do that one and another. I mean, there are teams like the Rams or that that are like a good running football team. So there's obviously a lot of nuance to that for sure, but. You know, you have to be able to do all these things to do well. You can't throw the ball 50 times and run it twice and win every football game. And you can't run the football 40 times and pass it twice and win a football game. I mean, you have to have balance. Uh, did you watch the across... 49ers last postseason? Listen, they lost the Super Bowl. so Because Jimmy G couldn't make the throw that he needed to make. They got a lot farther than 30 other teams. It's true. But regardless, you know, there's there's so much to this. But we I say this all the time, is that you have to have balance and you have to have uh, uh, a full team effort to win football games in this league. Yeah, no, I know I said that comment. Obviously, I'm just being silly. I, I agree. I was <laughs> always the 49ers weren't going to win if they couldn't throw the football. But I regardless. Um, so this kind of leads into my rant. Oh, here we go. So I'm just... I know we rant rave recall time. Rant rave recall. I have a, a bit of a rant. I'm just obviously this is a very extremely unfortunate situation for Dak, but I also do not approve of all the people taking to social media to attack Jerry Jones. First of all, I don't know if you heard, but I can't I can't remember the player, but Dallas fans like took to Twitter to attack a player that they thought was the player that ca- caused the injury when who they were really talking to was like a retired running back. And he was like, I'm not, I've been retired for 10 years. <laughs> but there, so I just don't like that people are, are saying like, they're not saying it's Jerry's fault, but they're saying they should have done a better job to help Dak. They should have given the money. Like, this is why it happened. First of all, and I just I, it can't go without say that Dak turned down a deal that was around thirty five plus million a year, one hundred and ten million guaranteed. He rolled the dice on himself, and it's literally called rolling and, the dice because it's a gamble, and, and it did it pay start, off. It started pay, like off. Well, it looked like it was. You know what I mean? It looked like it could have turned out well. It's just an unfortunate circumstance. There, it's nobody's fault, 
and I don't think it's going to really affect anything moving forward, really. I, both Jones, Jerry and Steven, have come out and talked about how Dak is their future. They want him in the organization. They respect him a lot. I don't see this being a, a huge, huge deal. Obviously, it's a huge deal for his health and making sure he can recover and be okay, but I don't think the organization is just going to throw him out. The organization has never treated him like trash. It's not going to start now. So why are we acting like they did and that these men that are businessmen i'm i that, that the hard thing especially when we're talking about somebody's health but this is a business and they weren't offering him chump change and i don't think they're going to offer him chump change now moving forward so let's just let this play out and see what these guys obviously dallas hasn't been to the super bowl for the past 20 years but these guys know what they're doing there's a reason that other than them having billions of dollars which he worked to get they know what they're doing and they deserve to be there for a reason so let's relax and stop being armchair owners for a hot second i and i, I just want to add i mean for people thinking that this is gonna truly affect Dak's wallet it's not it, r- regardless of whether or not i mean maybe maybe this does lead to the cowboys not giving him money somebody is going to pay Dak prescott more than 38 million dollars to play quarterback for them someone's going to do it so you know we're 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 sad by what happened not just not just as you know people who do a podcast and are talking about it and you know he's great to talk about every week but also just as human beings and fans of football it's sad that we don't get to see him play he's an exciting player he's a great player and you know, there's this whole nice young class of quarterbacks that are taking over this league right now, and Lamar and Pat and Dak and Deshaun, and I mean, even throw Josh Allen in there if you want to. I don't want to be biased, but still, like, there's a there's a there's a whole class of young quarterbacks that are taking over this league right now, and it's exciting and it's fun to watch. So you you know, there, there's that aspect of it as well. But Dak Prescott's still gonna make an unbelievable amount of money and he's gonna be okay i i I know that it's it's a little bit scary right now and if you're a dallas fan you certainly like you want dak to be your quarterback he's been very successful and he's he's great obviously but i I think that whether i i fully believe that that dallas is going to give him the money but even if dallas didn't someone's going to give him money and they're going to give him a lot of it yeah i think I, I agree with you. I just think it really is going to be Dallas. I have some quotes here. Jerry Jones came out and said, Dak is deserving of anything you want to put on a piece of paper, relatively speaking. Uh, he's a leader and a premier leader spot. We've got to make it work. So what am I saying? I'm saying exactly the same thing as I said the last time we were asked about this before the season started. It's a part of the game. It's a business. And it's the contract part. I don't think he's, he's not turning his back on Dak. He's going to no. do the same thing. That's the best for the organization. Stephen Jones came out and said, when asked if this changed the plans for the future, he said, "Absolutely not. He's our future. He's special. If he can overcome any, if any, if, if sorry, if anyone can overcome anything, it's Dak. So absolutely not. We don't have to. We don't have to dig into this too much more. But I will say that I do think it's a little bit suspect." That they're saying these things, but they still haven't signed him. I do think that 
if they really were like Dax or Future, he's deserving of anything you put on a paper, then you would just sign him already. So it makes me a little bit like, okay, what's going on? Just if you if you were gonna do it, just do it. But that being said, I mean, we both think it still gets done. So I mean, there's really not much. To, yeah, that's a that's know. a I think a different conversation. So we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you have a, a rant? Or I have a or a I have a rave, and it's gonna be to the game where you got your friend's fortune correct. It's gonna be for the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, okay, they. Raiders were kind of like this team last year where they, like they would have a couple games in a row where they were great and then they would have a couple not so great games and they were very inconsistent and obviously they started excuse me they what did they start three and one I think they're three and two well they're three and two right now but okay so they started two and zero oh, and then they lost and then they were two and one when the when we beat them the Bills and then they were two and two coming into this game nobody gave them a chance really everybody the the, the Chiefs were like. 13-point favorites in this game. It was pretty wild. And they came out and punched them out. They scored 40 points. And we were looking at that stat that they flashed on... I forget which program we were watching, but they flashed the stat that the Raiders scored 40 points for the first time since 2000, and the coach of that team was John Gruden. I just thought that was... That's really fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that is awesome. And, you know, Derek Carr, 22-31, and three touchdowns. Josh Jacobs added two touchdowns. You talked about Henry Ruggs. You got only two catches, but for 118 yards and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar scored. Darren Waller scored. Hunter Renfro had a big 42-yard catch. I mean, they just... And obviously their their defense got it done when they needed to against... Defense looked great. Against Patrick Mahomes, of course. But it's just... I really, really was impressed with this Las Vegas team. And I think that the thing for them, and like I said, because last year they were hot and cold, is they need to stay consistent. Because, and, you know, they got into it a little bit at the end, and they fought against us in, in, in the game against Buffalo for sure. But they can't have games like that if they want to be in contention for this division. And when you beat the Chiefs like you do, you're in contention for the division. You know what I mean? Like they're 3-2, and two and they beat the Chiefs. Like they can say they can beat anybody now. They just have to play that way. And, you know, Derek Carr's been much maligned in the last couple of years because he had that one year where he led them to 12-4, and four, and obviously he got hurt, and then the story was that Matt McGloin got hurt, so it was Connor Cook starting in the playoff game against the Texans. It was just this wild thing, and he hasn't really been in the conversation for, a, you know, top-of-the-half quarterback since then. But he's played very well the last two years. He started off very well. I've always defended Derek. <laughs> he started off very, very well this season. And they're 3-2, and two, and they're right in contention for not only the playoffs but the division. So, I mean, John Gruden's done a great job. Mike Mayock's done a great job with drafting. They've got great pieces, obviously, on offense with the young people and Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs this year, but then you also have guys on the defensive side like Max Crosby, who was a third or a fourth round pick last year, Cleveland Farrell, who was their fourth overall pick that we were like, wait, what is this? You know what I mean? But he's played very well. So they just, Jonathan Abram, the hard-hitting safety, I mean, they've got pieces all around this team, and John Grudem's leading them right now. And we'll see where they go in the future. I still don't know where exactly I land on them because, like I said, they were spurts last year where they looked very good and it was like oh you have to worry about the Raiders here I think they were six and four seven and four at one point so I mean we just need to see the consistency from them but right now I'm raving about them because it was a great weekend for them yeah uh obviously uh Aaron Rodgers battle cries kind of stand out to my mind more so than anybody else but after the loss to Buffalo Derek Carr came out and said he's sick of losing so what did they do they went in into Kansas City and he got him. his first win there in his career yeah 
the Which Raiders. Which is great because they're, I mean, they've had some close games, too. They have. They've had some good battles. But it's also been the Raiders' first win in KC in the last eight years. That's wild. So that's pretty that's crazy. crazy. So sick of losing, go out and win like this. And like you said, put it together with some consistency and let's see where this Las Vegas team can go. Absolutely. Well, that was Rent Rave Recall. Whew, that was a good one, man. Getting to some more news and notes. I also very much thought about raving about oh, yeah. the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I mean, maybe it's low-hanging fruit, but they deserve the kudos. Absolutely. We don't talk enough about the Raiders. <laughs> so, are you ready? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo you know, beatdown. That's what I put in the news. The Buffalo beatdown. I didn't hold any, I didn't hold anything back. I like that. <laughs> we uh, postponed our guest this week because I think he was also downtrodden about it. We'll get Troy on eventually. So, yeah, the Buffalo Bills on Tuesday Night Football lost to the Tennessee Titans 16-42. to I can talk about a few stat things, but I'm I'll let you turn it over. I'm sure you're going to talk about a lot of the things that I possibly would. So you take this one, unless you want me to. No, I mean, I just want to – I don't want to take two because I do – I'm interested to see what your thought is on it because obviously I got upset that night. And, you know, we, <laughs> we I felt like I handled it better than a lot of losses I have before. I was like, we weren't going to win at all, and then we played some games and I went to bed. We didn't really talk about it too much. But I just wanted to say a couple things real quick is that, one, like I said that night, we weren't going to win every game. I thought we would win this one, but we didn't. That's okay. I will also say we were missing a handful of, of star players. Matt Milano, who's key to our defense. We were missing Tredavious White and Levi Wallace, our top two corners, and that showed for sure. And then on offense, we were also missing John Brown and Zach Moss. So, I mean, we were missing pieces that are key contributors to this team on both sides of the ball. Now, that's not an excuse because Tennessee was also missing pieces as well. So, you know... I will say this, and then I'll just turn it over to you because I'm interested in what you have to say. I think this is a case of a game just kind of getting out of hand because when I wa- I rewatched it last night, wow. the well the condensed version. So I just I watched all the plays and it only took like 25 minutes. But there were times where we were just moving the ball very easily, and then there was the turnovers, and then we couldn't capitalize in the red zone, which is not something we've had an issue with. So far this season, we've been very great in the red zone. And I will say this, that the Bills scored with 10 minutes left in in the game. There was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it was 28-16. We had all three timeouts. It was actually it was close to 11 minutes left, almost the full fourth quarter. Then Tennessee marched all the way down and scored with three minutes left. They milked seven to eight minutes off the clock. Then we fumbled the kickoff return, and then they scored again. So... I will say that we were fighting, and it looked like we had a chance to kind of eke our way back in that, and they just burned us for the most of the fourth quarter, running the ball against us and moving the clock, which is something that we absolutely have to get fixed. Obviously, you're missing three of our top four defensive players, but that's something that's got to get fixed, and it just got out of hand. I mean, I, I, I obviously, this is still one of the better teams in the NFL. It's just we got punched in the mouth. we got to face that adversity. Yeah, no, I think it, I agree 100% with you. The the 42 of the Buffalo beatdown, it wasn't really as much of a beatdown as the score indicates. It wasn't a huge blowout necessarily in that sense. Uh, so Josh Allen was 26 of 41 for 263, two touchdowns, two picks. One was his fault. One, in my opinion, was not. 
Devin Singletary, this is the more alarming stat line for me. He ran 11 times, only 11 times. I mean, you're down, so you're not going to run as much. I understand that. But only for 25 yards, an average of 2.3 yards per carry. That's not good. Uh, And I think I'm going to bring that up later in a different conversation. Um, So what I took away from this game, and maybe it's not what a Buffalo fanatic wants to hear, but... This, in my opinion, is not shocking. It's not shocking for this reason. First of all, I feel like there might have been a tiny bit of ease being like, oh, we're playing the COVID team. Maybe a tiny bit. I don't put too much stock into that. But this is a team. This is a young team that's coming together. And they just ran into another really good team. This happens in the NFL. And so Josh Allen is in year three, the first four games. He's been Superman. And just the simple fact is he's not Superman yet. So he wasn't Superman, but he wasn't really, really bad. There were just times when we saw Josh Allen from year two instead of Superman the first four weeks. There were times when he ran out of the pocket and put the ball right on digs. That was great. There were also other times that he just overthrew or underthrew a guy too high or too low. And there are going to be times when that happens. He's still learning. He's still developing. We got a little excited, as we should, about the Buffalo Bills' progression, but this is just a normal part of the process. So I'm not shocked because this is the learning opportunity last year. I I, I really consider it just steps that I've expected for Buffalo. I expected them to get to the playoffs last year. I didn't expect them to win a game. I expect them to make it to the playoffs this year and win and go a little bit deeper. Do I think they're going to the Super Bowl? No, they're not there yet, but they're very much on the right projection and the steps upward i wouldn't say i'm shocked i mean i'm a little bit surprised that the game got that out of hand because i think one of our strongest assets is coaching and i always think that we're the more prepared team or we're just as prepared i've never seen us be like underprepared for a team under sean mcdermott so i guess i was just surprised in that way but certainly no i'm not shocked we lost tennessee's a good team i talked about them being an actual contender not a pretender and i really think this just says more about tennessee than it is about buffalo i think it really shows that tennessee is something to be reckoned with i'm super intrigued by that because i still don't know if i agree (laughs) i mean i think that we've been doubting ryan Tannehill for too long and i'm included in that because People saw him get the contract, and they were like, oh, he doesn't deserve this. And then I was listening to Colin Coward's The Herd, and he lined up his stats with Patrick Mahomes', and they're, like, nearly identical in the last 17 games, which is he's had 17 starts with the Titans. So, I mean, and we don't ever doubt that Patrick Mahomes is one of the best, and Ryan Tannehill's playing that well. Yeah, no, I actually – I'm sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. I haven't really – especially compared to you, the doubting of Ryan Tannehill. It's more so right now I'm truly just continuing to doubt Derrick Henry. I'm just not (laughs) impressed this year, and I feel like we're touting too much Derrick Henry because he was the leader of yards last year, and sure, that's great. But And you know I don't put a whole lot of stock into rankings, but Maurice Jones-Drew of NFL always does his running back rankings, and Derrick Henry right now is ranked as the number three and if you look at his stats, it's just they're not good. He's averaging less than four yards per carry. He has four touchdowns. Two came against Buffalo, so it's not even like they're evenly distributed. But I And will... I just feel like this is not the guy that we saw in the playoff run last but year. But I got I to gotta ask, 
be a couple things then because one, are we sure that it even matters? I mean, they're four and zero, and Tannehill's leading the way. So does it really matter that he's not playing well right now? I think that's impressive. And two, like we joke about it, but. It's the whole winter is coming thing. Derrick Henry's always better in December and January. And if you're gonna if you're not gonna be great all year, I'd rather that be the time that you're great. So are we sure that it really matters if you're four and and he's still not doing you know what I mean? I will say Is this, that not a good sign? I will say this is the reason that it and obviously I could be extremely wrong. Right. And maybe we'll see it continue to uptick. So sure. the first thing that's a I don't want to say alarming, that's not the right thing, but okay. you were talking about all the defenders that Buffalo is missing. Right. Your top we were two corners, one of your great middles, that's yeah. where Ryan Tannehill attacked. Oh yeah. AJ yeah. Brown obviously caught the first touchdown Absolutely. on Josh Norman in your number three. So when you do that, if if those guys were out on the field, would Ryan Tannehill have found the success? I don't Possibly? know. Possibly we don't, don't know. know. We we'll we'll never know. I'd but be very beyond that, no. so but the thing is, so the beginning of the year is a little bit easier because we're coming and we're thinking, oh, Derrick Henry, did we see what he did last year? Like, okay. this is a guy we need to fear. Teams are slowing him down right now. Eventually, he's going to need to pick it up or else defenses will not address the offense the same way. And maybe Henry will be able to attack because of right. that. But if they stop loading and trying to stop Derrick Henry, will Ryan Tannehill continue to find that success? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm curious, and I haven't watched every Tennessee game, obviously, so I don't know what they're doing, but I'm, I'm not... I'm not so certain that they are loading up to stop Henry and it's giving Tannehill the opportunity to do this. But I'm and not then, saying, and then I'm if not, they I switch... Did, I did say loading you know up, I mean? which... But when Tannehill took over last year, which made, what made the offense so successful was their play action and right. the great threat of Henry, where if teams were thinking, oh, this guy runs for three and a half yards per carry, maybe we can just focus on the quarterback a little bit more. That's an interesting point, but I still think that even if... I mean, obviously, their play action is one of the best in the NFL right now, and Derrick Henry's not playing well. So I think that the threat of him is always the threat of him, regardless of what he's averaging. And that's why, and that's why I still think that they've proven enough to me to be like they're a contender. They're going to be right there again at the end of the year because they have all the pieces to do it. I mean, I, I don't really see a weakness in the team right now, other than like obviously they had an injury. Terrible Juan was out for a little while in the game, and I was like, okay, like this is when we need to like ramp it up right now because they're going to be vulnerable. And obviously, they lost Conklin to the Browns and everything. So, I mean, maybe it's continuity on the line as their weak part, but everywhere else is good. I mean, just in my opinion, and, and maybe it's just the continued uh, – me putting Derrick Henry down, but it's just <laughs> moving forward. It's going to be coaching because if a coach can can realize those different things, and you're talking, and you're you're right. Right now, the play action is working, but some minor adjustments. Teams will catch up if some things aren't adjust or aren't adjusted moving forward, or the uptick improves. And we'll see. I mean, they're going to have bigger tests later in the year for sure. And then I'm very, very fascinated to watch the Titans play the Colts. You know, obviously we had picked the Colts as the division winners. Yeah, and I don't want to see those matchups. It's, just, it's, it's, it's weird for me to be anti-Titans. I said they were going to make the playoffs. It's not like I'm rooting against them. Yeah, it's yeah. just, I'm, in my opinion, and it's really weird saying off a game that they won 42. I feel like I have not seen a complete game. Okay. Which makes me feel like they can go all the way. All right. One thing I want to talk about before we move completely off of that, going back to your Buffalo Bills. We were talking about those guys being out. 
Mm-hmm. You named some really key starters. Yeah. So the defense, though, this year has allowed 28.4 yards per game compared to last year, only 16.2. Yep. So more than 12 points per game. That's a big deal. Certainly not been the defense, but, I mean. What when, are your takes on that? How do they fix it? Why is that happening? I don't know. I mean, I, I really think that I really truly, I don't know. I think that so many things worry me all the time. So when something doesn't worry me, I don't know how to say this, but it it doesn't worry me for some reason. And when it doesn't worry me, then I'm not like... (laughs) Okay, at first I was like, what are we talking about? I want to say when something doesn't worry me, then I'm not worried. But but I'm not worried. I'm not worried that I'm not worried because I just, I like... I think our offense is that good that we can obviously it sputtered a little bit and our defense didn't co- cover us, but I thought they probably would have had we had all of our pieces. And I, I just listen. I love defense and I love running the football, but that's say, not, someday we're gonna have to come back to this audio because that is completely. I love Rossi I love mindset. I love defense and I love running the football, <laughs> but it's just not how you win in today's NFL. You win in today's NFL by your quarterback playing well and passing and making key stops when you need to. And I think that. We have the pieces to do that, and I'm just gonna enjoy doing that as much as I like. I said, I if we're playing Madden, you know, I'm gonna draft three running backs that are each gonna run for a hundred every game, and we're gonna keep you under twenty points every game. Like that's just how I like to play the game. But it's just not how you succeed in the NFL anymore. At least not right now. I do think that one of the best things about the NFL is that the pendulum always swings back. So I do think that there's going to come a time where, I mean, you look at the Ravens where they run the ball all the time and they're, you know what I mean? Like the pendulum swings back and forth all the time in the NFL. So right now, yeah, passing the ball is better than running the ball. And defense isn't as important, although you do need defense. I mean, you look at the, we just talked about the Cowboys and their defense being so bad that their quarterback can put up 450 plus and they're still losing games. Like we talk about, you still need that. But I think that if you're, I think that I don't know where they are after this game, but they were the 15th ranked defense before the Titans game. Okay. So I think if you huddle around that, like the the middle of the pack or above, I think we need to get a little bit above average. Like if we're between 10 to 15, I'd love obviously to be in the top 10, but if we're like 10 to 15, 10 to 14, I think we're gonna be okay. So there is improvement, of course, to be made, and there's health to be, you know, regained. But I'm, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it's a cocky thing. I'm just not worried. Okay. I, I don't know why I'm not worried, but I just think that we'll figure it out. I I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. And McVeigh, we trust. I don't ever have McDermott. McDermott. I don't know. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, talk about the last big piece of news that I think we have is obviously that Le'Veon Bell. Was I mean, I've been outright released I keep, from the Jets. I keep on trying Sunday to night. I keep trying to bring it up to hope that I'm hoping that there's just like news that says he signed, but it still says. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I think at this point we probably are not going to find out tonight. We are recording around six thirty on well, Thursday. I mean, at first it was like there's six teams, and then it was like it's between the the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Bills, and then it was like it's the Chiefs and the Dolphins, and then it was like he's going to go to the Chiefs, and then it was like no, but it's the the Bills and the Dolphins are still in it. Like I just, just really don't know. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So obviously talking about, I think we can probably narrow it down to those three teams. I mean, there's I, always the opportunity for a dark horse, and you're like, well, we didn't even talk about that. I mean, but, I actually think Buffalo dropped out, but. So it's possible, but let's let's for the sake of it, let's talk about it. I don't really want Le'Veon Bell. I, <laughs> in my order, I actually feel like the Dolphins make the least sense. I would say, yeah, I mean, Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins. I mean, yeah, I, 
I think that I think that if you're just judging it in a vacuum, the Dolphins make the most sense, obviously, because obviously, you know. I mean, from a talent point that, of that's view, what I yes. Mean, that's what I mean. If you're just judging it in a vacuum and you're not judging all the other ones, they make the most sense. But then you look at a team like the Chiefs, obviously they dra- they put out a, a lot of capital in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but obviously he hasn't been this sort of world-beater running back, so maybe they want to bolster that up a little bit. Right, Ooh, so Edwards-Hilaire right now uh, is ran 81 times for 344, has 17 catches for 169. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. But outside of that season opener game i feel like he hasn't had a defining game and obviously yeah. he's a rookie coming in and he's played five games so maybe not but and i think maybe it could more... be a guy or it could be a person or an instance where you're looking for a new guy to come in and just be a complimentary back i think maybe i think more more so than anything they're just looking for a closer and i think in today's nfl that's what running backs are they're closers because most of the time you're not going to win a game by being like we're just going to pound the rock with our running back the whole game and win the game that's just most of the time that's not how you're going to win football games anymore but you need a closer you need somebody who at the end of the game when you're up can burn the clock and run it out and that's i think what KC's looking for because they they are able to score a ton, but in the end of the games, they're really not able to be like, here, run it, here, run it. And in the first game, we saw Clyde edwards Lair do that against the Texans, where he just kept running the ball, and they were picking up first downs, and Texans couldn't get the ball back. So I think that they're looking at maybe, okay, we grab Le'Veon Bell, and we get our leads, and then we just let him go. You know what I mean? And I think that Le'Veon Bell is an interesting back where – there, I think there are some backs that can be okay with poor offensive lines. You look at, you know, Saquon Barkley's rookie year, their offensive line was terrible, but he was still pretty good. And early in McCaffrey's career, their offensive line wasn't the best, but he was still pretty good. I think Le'Veon behind a bad line is just bad. But if you give Le'Veon a decent offensive line, he doesn't need like a great offensive line, just one that can hold their own for a second so that he can pause and find a hole and go. He is great. That's where he's good is he needs the moment for everybody to like hold the line for a second so he can find it and go. But when there's a guy in the backfield right away, you know what I mean? So I think that he sign- if he could sign with one of these teams who have pretty good offensive lines, then he'll return to the Le'Veon Bell that we knew in Pittsburgh or at least uh, some semblance of Whoa. that. Some semblance of that. I think he still has that ability. I was watching him run with the Jets and I was like, he still has his wiggle and his burst. You know, We talk about guys like Todd Gurley where – up until that one touchdown run last week, and I was like, where's his burst? It's just gone, you know what I mean? But I don't see Le'Veon having lost that. So I think that it makes sense in the aspect of they need a closer because they're scoring a lot, but they just you know, obviously they're only 4-1, and one, but you, you need somebody to help you finish the games. And I think that that's what they see in Le'Veon. So, and, and it's certainly, it shouldn't be a matter of money. You talked about that. The Jets owe him the money. So it shouldn't be a matter of I want all this money. He can sign right. Le'Veon will still be getting paid by the Jets no matter what happens. So it's not like he's necessarily going out trying to find a big contract. But that's really a thing that I'm very curious to see what's going to play out with this. Is Le'Veon trying to be a feature back, which in Miami he probably has the talent to be that. Right. Or is he trying to go somewhere where he's going to look good because that's where I feel like he'd be much better with the Chiefs. So is he trying to prove that he can still play and look good and look flashy and make big plays? Because I feel like that's Kansas City more so than Miami. But it's also just interesting worth noting that those three teams we talked about are the next three scheduled against the Jets. I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked if that's a huge part of his decision. Is it? He is, he, to, is he out there trying to— He just wants to, to crush Gates and be like, you should have— jab, <laughs> jab it at the Jets. I actually kind of love it. 
I actually kind of love it. I'll be really fascinated to see what happens here. I I mean, so I've said it a couple times. We're talking on Thursday night. Do you feel like something happens tomorrow, Friday? Is this something that gets a little more prolonged? Oh, I think he gets signed before before the games on Sunday. You do? Oh, I do. Yeah, I think that, I think that we might hear something later tonight. Because I think that when you, you know, when he was first released, it was on Tuesday, right? It happened Tuesday night during the game, didn't it? Tuesday night. Yeah, there was an update during the game where we were like, wait, what? Outright released? And obviously I think it was a matter of nobody wanted to take on the contract. But right after that it was like there's six or seven teams. And then it was like there's four teams. And then today it was three. And now they're saying it's two. So, like, I think it's narrowed down enough that he's just going to talk to both these teams or whatever amount of teams he's going to. And then tomorrow I think we'll hear a decision. Okay. I, I mean, I think we will. I could be wrong, but that's just what I feel about it right now. So, yeah. No, I, I'm i super fascinated by this news and, and very excited. Yeah, hey, I have Le'Veon happens. Bell in a couple of leagues and I'm holding on to him. I haven't, I haven't moved him quite yet because he could turn out to be huge. Or if he goes to Miami, he could just be okay. I actually would be the most happy if he went to, in terms of fantasy football, I'd be the most happy if he went to Miami because I know he's. You know, almost guarantee the most volume in that backfield. In I, my opinion, I don't think that. Like I know that they like Miles Gaskin, but why do you why do you bring in Le'Veon Bell if you're not going to use him? That's why I just don't see Miami doing it. That's I feel fair. Like Flores, but like maybe they, they brought guys in, they gave him money, they traded right. picks, and they're like, we're going to go with this guy. But maybe maybe B Flow's like <laughs> we just say it so casually now. B Flow, I love him. Uh, maybe B Flow just looks at it and says, you know what, we're two and three. We just want a big game. Maybe we can contend this year. Maybe we can push for that seven seed and make the playoffs and Maybe. give our fan base something to cheer about. It's absolutely a possibility. Who knows? The dude's only 28. Let's not act yeah, like he's, he's ancient. Not, oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move forward, talk about a few games this upcoming week. The NFL Week 6. So one of those games is uh, the aforementioned Titans we were talking about traveling to take Nope, sorry. The Texans are traveling to Tennessee. So you were talking about Tannehill, talking about those great stats for Mahomes. He's 11-3 as a starter since he joined the team. Yep. Uh, Watson is one of two quarterbacks this year with a 100-plus passer rating that has a losing record. Do you know the other quarterback? That has a losing record? Oh, it has to be Dak. That has a 100-plus rating. And a losing record? And a losing record. It would have to be Dak. It's not Dak. So he doesn't have a 100-plus rating? I mean, with all those turnovers and interceptions? That's kind of wild. Uh, I mean, I guess the other guy can't be, can't be Wentz because you – know, uh, <laughs> It's not Wentz. No. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Okay, so it's not it's not the NFC East. It's not the NFC South. Oh, is it the NFC South? Is it Matt Ryan? It is not Matt Ryan. Okay. Uh, shoot. This is going to bug me. I, I, know, I, I feel like I should get this. Fitzpatrick. Justin Herbert. Oh, man, I would have never gotten that. Justin Herbert is the other quarterback. I should have gotten that, but I would have never gotten that. 100-plus passer rating and losing record. So, I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm do excited. you? I, I do expect it to be a good game. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't necessarily me- think it means it's like 42-40, to 40, but I think it's going to be a good game okay. of some teams. These are division rivals. I would, hope, I would hope so. I would hope so. I just feel like, th- I just feel like it's going to be gross. I just feel like the Titans are going to demolish them. Well, you know, I'm and on I, the – And I like – I want to lose all the game bandwagon. <laughs> well, yeah. So. I mean, I'm like I want it to be a good game, and obviously I like Deshaun Watson, but I just – I have, like I feel like the the type of win that it is put on the Bills, they're like 
we're, we're here. We've arrived. Like, we're going to go crush these people. Sometimes I feel like that can work negatively. It could, it could for sure. But I just, I, like, I really, and again, <laughs> if you listen to the show, you know how wrong I am a lot of times. But I just, I have this yeah, feeling. Dummy. Yeah, exactly. I just have this feeling that, they, like, they're going to steamroll them. I mean, for the sake of getting that top five pick, I'm for it. Okay. <laughs> Let's move over to this Division game. I'm very excited about this one. Uh, the Cleveland Browns traveling to take on the this Pittsburgh be Steelers. This should be a better game. I think I actually – okay. What, were you going to say you think this one's more likely to be a blowout than the – No, 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 oh, no. Okay. I want to say – but that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad game. I was going to say I think this is more likely to be a slugfest, which is also a oh, good game. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I was like, I think slugfests are great games. So the Browns have scored 30-plus in four straight – They've only done that four times in the previous two seasons. So that's really, really impressive. So good for them. Um, I'll say it now. I'm still not super high on Cleveland. I really love the trajectory that they're on, talking about the the steps I was talking about with Buffalo. But I'm, I'm dead wrong about my bet. I bet. So <laughs> That was pretty fun when they won last week and you were like, well, looks like I lost the bet. Say I forget what I said. It was it was a cool quote. So like I can't guarantee this, but I can almost guarantee you get a coupon. <laughs> so this is a fun fact though. The Steelers have allowed one ninety yard plus rusher at home since twenty seventeen. So all the accolades we were talking about with the Saints and keeping those one hundred yard rushers, maybe not when they go on the road, but at home, that Steelers defense is pretty stingy against the run. Yeah, and I mean <laughs> let's be real. They gave up one huge run to Miles Sanders last week, and that's where the number came from. Other than that, they shut him down. Yeah. And then we also talk about Melvin Gordon had one huge catch against him, and then obviously the huge run at the end of the game. Uh, wait, no, no, no. That was from the Jets game where he broke free. Yeah, yeah that was, was the, Jets the Jets game. game. But he had the one huge catch against him, and that was it. So they've allowed a couple of big plays to running backs, but other than that, they've really shut people down. This defense is as advertised. And I really think this is going to be a huge game. Obviously, like – I don't. I can't remember when I predicted if I thought that the Browns would be. They're three and one right now. Or they're four and one. They are four and one. They're four and one right now. So I don't know if they would have said. I would have said four and one. I think I had them at like three and two, but I don't. I don't know if I thought they made this dominant in terms of the run game right now. So I'll have to see if that continues or if they can find some way. I think this is going to be. This is going to be the Baker Mayfield please stand up game. Can he? And we'll make, have to certainly see. Can he make the plays when when they need to be made? And can this? offensive line of Pittsburgh keep Miles Garrett away from Big Ben who's had Miles Garrett's having an incredible year uh, and Ben is looks skittish against pressure and it's the rematch of last year when all this crazy stuff happened and you and I fought on the podcast about the Miles Garrett thing so like we'll see what happens if that plays anything into it everybody's pretty much kind of shoving that aside when they get asked about it by reporters like, you know why they're shoving aside because they're all because gonna... they're not Freddie Kitchens Freddie wears a t-shirt. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. So, to continue that. It's crazy. So some other cool things about this game. Roethlisberger is 24-2 and two at home in his career in Very, the month of October. It's oh, pretty crazy. Okay. Uh, this is another fun. I thought you were going to say against this, the Browns. Against, <laughs> I, I forget what it is. It's something like 10-2-1 and one or something yeah, like that. It's very Brady-esque against the Bills. Um, number one overall picks are... 10 and 21 versus Steelers under Mike Tomlin. That's an interesting stat. It is an interesting stat. So. I think that might be more aligned with the fact that the Browns Yeah, I don't really, a lot when I read that stat, like it didn't necessarily specify, does that mean like 
quarterbacks pick number one overall. I was gonna say because I mean, if like, that's the case, then they've played it's the like Browns. A left tackle. Like, that was the first overall how many, pick. How many number one overall picks of the Browns and the Bengals and the <laughs> had during this time? You know, um, the Bengals haven't had that many. Moving on, unless you have something else you want to say. About no, I was I wasn't gonna be about that game. I did just get a ding on my phone that said, per sources, uh, to ESPN, free agent former running back Le'Veon Bell expected to sign one year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. What? So I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how um, uh, confirmed it is, but it does say source at ESPN says that he's signing with them. So I mean, we just talked say, about it. And I said do that. see that. So we having some breaking news. Yeah, breaking news on the show. I mean, we talked about. You know, honestly. I just I think it's the best thing for Bell. I mean, I agree. I think that he. I think that. Uh, I think in that system, I think it sucks for Clyde Edwards-Alaire owners. <laughs> I think it sucks for for Clyde. Obviously, he was getting all this work, and I think that I really I, don't think it's that big a deal it's for gonna him. Take, it's gonna take it's gonna take a week or two for Bell to work his way. Right, in. he's not gonna play Sunday. But I'm gonna say this: that every time we talked about this in the offseason, every time Andy Reid has had a running back, it's been a bell cow. He likes having a bell cow running back. So I don't know if this means that they want Bell to be that, or if they I don't think or, it is. or if he wants to. I mean. It, it, this is this is not just like a trend for for one year. Like Andy Reid's entire career, he's had a bell cow in terms of having sixty percent or more of the workload. So uh, we'll see what happens. But if it becomes fifty fifty more, it will be a break of a trend for his entire coaching career. So we'll see what happens. And but. honestly, I do, I don't think it is. I think it's still going to be sixty percent. Edwards Alaire, but okay. you talk about okay. those other guys that are behind sure. him. They have, I don't know, Daryl Williams. They lost Damian Williams yeah. in the offseason. They lost yeah. Shady McCoy, which wasn't doing really much of anything. But they're just getting, yeah. in my opinion, we'll have to see. But Bell is just coming in to be a third down complimentary back. Mahomes rolls out and can hit Bell on any route that Bell can run. Yeah, I think it's a. And so I still see this just continuing to be an Andy Reid thing. I think it's a good spot for him. So I, I, I mean, we don't have to. We obviously talked about it before, so we don't have to keep going. But I did just see that on my phone. So I, I think that's very exciting. Yeah. And honestly, you talked about Miami being the place for fantasy owners with Bell. I think it's Casey. Well, we'll see. Um, let's talk about the Bears at the Panthers. So the streaking Panthers, they won three in a row. The Bears are 4-1 and one this year. So these are probably two teams that have pretty good records that people may not have chosen to have these records coming into this year. The Bears, though, are one of two teams that have each have had each game decided by one possession this year. <laughs> Unbelievable. So... The other is the Chargers. The Chargers. So they're on the losing end of those games, where the Bears are on the winning end. Uh, I know Sometimes we talked about those those games uh, and what they mean. And obviously, to be on the winning end of those games, you're probably doing something right. Is it sustainable? We'll have to see moving forward. I don't know. I obviously, you know, we'll talk about Nick Foles, and obviously, I like Nick Foles as a person, and I obviously rooted for him in in Philly. But I mean. I don't know how much credit Matt Nagy deserves. Obviously, he deserves some of it. He's the head coach. But they were 3-0 and with Mitch Trubisky, and obviously he benched him in that fourth game. But they were still 3-0 and with Mitch as the starter. And technically, Mitch played most of that game. He still gets the credit for that win. So they're technically 4-0 and with Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if he gets the credit for that win. And, well, in terms of stats, he does. I mean, people who track it, he played most of the game. He gets the credit for winning that game. In terms of like, if you go quarterback wins, he does. But and like, 
if we're just talking as people, people aren't going to be like, oh, we credit Mitch Trubisky for that. But in the stat sheet, he does get credit for that win. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens with this team. That's wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I mean, I, I think it was a big win for them to beat Tampa. But really, for me, I I picked that because I don't think Tampa is as good as people think that they are. So we'll see what happens. And if they, I think this is a fascinating game. You know, obviously, you said three straight for Carolina. How good are they really, or? Are, do they just play not so great teams? What what is up? Well, that saying this doesn't really answer that, but we obviously talked about how Rule came in with their middling aging defense, drafted all defensive players. In those last three games, they've allowed twenty one points or fewer. Yeah, and I, we we also did talk about it takes time for young players, especially without a training camp and preseason, to gel together. And you've got guys like Jeremy Chin and Derek Brown and Gerda Grossmantos. I mean, there's young talented people that they drafted that just need a little bit of time to gel and maybe they're starting to gel cool i'm excited about that one i do think i feel like this this week has some good some good games slated for sure so let's go over to those buccaneers you were talking about my green bay packers travel down to tampa to take on brady and the bucks brady is 26 and 5 in games where he's had 10 plus days to rest and prep wow pretty impressive interesting so i talked about Big Ben's record at home in October. Rogers on his career is 33 and 11 in the month of October as a whole. So that's pretty cool. The Bucks have allowed less than 50 rushing yards in three straight. Yeah, it's so end. that's like it's over. That's like a huge stat though. 50. It is a huge stat, but it's over. You think so? Oh, I'm very confident in oh. okay. Aaron Jones. All right. I doubted Aaron Jones the whole offseason, and I'm kicking myself that I did it because. Uh, in every league that I had an opportunity to draft him, and he's just uh, – I, I don't know why I flipped. I was on Aaron Jones' train the second he was drafted, and I, I was the whole hashtag free Aaron Jones on our podcast for like <laughs> two, three straight months before they finally did it. I don't know why I doubted him. He's the real deal, man. I don't know if I agree with you. I okay. feel like they might lock down on his rushing yards. So they okay. might throw out to him a little more. He'll have more than 50 total yards, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it'll yeah. be rushing yards. So we'll have to see what the game script looks like and how they do it, locking that down. My last fun fact about this is not a super unknown fact at this point, but the Pack have scored 30-plus with no turnovers in four straight this year. That ties the second-longest streak of doing that since 1940. Wow. So Is that Vince Lombardi? <laughs> <laughs> it's going back a ways, so that yeah. offense is clicking without mistakes. Uh, they're going to have to do that, in my opinion, against this defense. Not score 40, but not make mistakes. I do think that this can either be the game of the week or it could just be gross. Interesting. I don't really see a way of being gross. Well, I'm just saying gross. What do you mean by gross? Uh, well, this is just my personal thing. Is I think that Tampa Bay are pretenders, and I think Green Bay is the best team in the NFL. So I think that that could really show. I mean, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> The last game that I have to preview is the Sunday night game, the Los Angeles Rams taking on the 49ers. Jimmy G is 6-1 and one in primetime. So the opposite of Kirk Cousins is Jimmy G. Hey, Kirk Cousins in Sunday night football, actually a pretty good record. It's Monday night football that he's terrible. Still a primetime. I don't think he's won a Monday night football game. <laughs> uh, how about this stat? Since 2017, Goff is second in wins. To only one Tom Brady. Goff has 37. Brady has 39. Coaching, man. That's a big deal. I don't know. Coaching, man. Maybe. 
The 49ers are one of two teams without a wide receiver this year surpassing 75 yards. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see how long it takes Debo Samuel to get rolling, but, I mean, they're missing Emmanuel Sanders in a big way. Absolutely. I thought it was weird that they didn't really try harder to resign him. Because it really didn't even seem like they tried at all. I mean, obviously they knew they were going to – they had two first-round picks. They knew they were going to take someone. And I was also just shocked that it was Brandon Ayuk. I mean, there were other guys there that were options that they just didn't take. And honestly, they took Javon Kinlaw before either Judy or Lamb were off the board. They could have taken Judy or Lamb right there, and I'm shocked that they didn't. So going off of that stat, though, the Rams have not allowed more than one passing touchdown in four of the last five. So that'll continue. these two things are going to – yeah, they, it, <laughs> Jimmy's not going to come out. That, that'll off, continue. <laughs> Another one that I think that I think that could be good because it's a divisional battle, but also won't be shocked if it gets out of hand because I just think the Rams are that good. I agree. I think the Rams are much and better. This, than the this is why right this now. is why I picked them to win the division. All right, so that's what I have uh, the forecast. So we can move on to something else. Is it time? Oh yeah, it's time for pass picks. Oh yeah. All right, everybody. Got to switch over our screens here. I just pulled up some school notes. Oh, nice. Pulled up more school notes. <laughs> I am not selecting the right thing. Well, I'm going right to give now. you yours first, so I'll just pull up real quick. Okay. So, well, I, I, I guess if you want to give the rundown on what we did last so, week. So, yeah, we both went one and two. Not a great week. Not a great week for us. I'm now nine and six. Adam sits at eight and seven. God, we always start out so well. And we always we just do. stumble. You know, it's because, like, this is the point where we're trying to be clever yeah yeah and it, it works for both of us <laughs> does it trip each other up regardless so we're gonna go to this first game here that i'm giving you we talked about brown Steelers a little bit uh brown's obviously traveling into pittsburgh and fun stat about the pittsburgh steelers this is the first time starting 4-0 in 40 seasons that was the longest active streak in the nfl so they're That's super impressive. first time starting 4-0 they just have the big game from chase claypool rookie out of notre dame four touchdowns uh obviously part of that was injury to deontre johnson we don't know what what that status is but even without them they still have claypool and juju and james washington and why do we keep letting the pittsburgh steelers draft receivers like this it's <laughs> wild but Talk to me about this game. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to anybody. I am picking the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just last week I anointed the kings of the north. So I'm picking the Steelers. I just think this is obviously – I talked about it when we talked about the game just a few minutes ago. I think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a slugfest. But when all comes – when everything's put down on the table, I feel like the Steelers are still probably, by a slight margin, the more talented team. And I think they have the more experienced – head coach, which I think is going to be a huge thing this game. I think when we talk about all those weapons of the Steelers, it's going to be a little more than the Browns can handle, and that rushing stat about the Steelers is going to be a big deal because we saw at times Baker look great last week when the run wasn't working, did have a few turnovers, and I feel like if you do that against this team, Phillip's not going to gift it right back, or Ben's not going to gift it right back to you the way that Phillip did. And it is strength on strength. You know, Pittsburgh's best running defense Cleveland, best running offense. So we'll see what happens. I'm very excited. Uh, so and if, I, they, if if the Browns win, just kudos to them. They're they're making that turn a lot faster than I thought they would. Absolutely, so good for them. So we're gonna go to the COVID game that I gave to you last week that we yeah, had to yeah, reschedule. Yeah. Give you a new so one. So I don't get to choose something new. I took the Pats last week. I'm gonna take the Pats again. I think. I know Cam Newton is back, but I don't know about Drew Locke. It's been rumored that he's making a way to return. Obviously, we'll have to wait 
for a few more practice reports and the injury report. I, I I'd much rather watch the Drew Lock versus Cam Newton. If Drew than Lock, if else. Drew Lock was playing, I'd be I'd be I'd be slightly hesitant to pick the Pats because I think well, they're going to be I, I was game. locked in for my pick last week, but I still feel very confident to okay. to roll with it regardless. So we're going to go to that Sunday night football game that we mentioned. The Rams traveling to the 49ers. The Rams with a four and zero start. They're all, or four and one start. They only lost to the Bills, and the 49ers have stumbled recently. Obviously, just gotten crushed by the Dolphins last week. So what's going to happen? Yeah, I am on your bandwagon here, my friend. I am taking the Rams. I think they certainly are in contention for the best team in the West. And I say that even over the Seattle Seahawks, who I love. But um, a large part, I think, last week was a bit of an anomaly. I just think Jimmy G wasn't healthy. I think that's the reason they he pulled did say him. That. They did say that. And so I feel like with another week, he'll probably have the opportunity to be at full health, to not have the lingering ankle pain so he can drive the football better than he did last week. But this is a tough defense to do that against, especially as you get – Aaron Donald, who had four sacks down last week, the middle. So, Absolutely, going with the Rams. So he's going to go with Steelers at home, pass at home, and the Rams on the road. So it's either I don't know, I don't know how to ever judge this anymore because I am one and two according to your picks. I think. What do you mean? Like if you were picking these games, I think you would only agree with me on the Rams and Forty Nine. I don't know. No, I would have picked the Pats. I mean, I would have considered it with Drew Locke, but I would have still picked the Pats. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's go over to you. We are going to go to that Chicago-Carolina game, the Bears traveling to take on the Panthers. Yeah, this is, like I said, this is one of the more fascinating games of the week. I think it's one of the harder games of the week to pick because, obviously, the Bears being 4-1, and one, they just came off a huge win against Tampa Bay. They're having extra rest. Uh, the Panthers just had a pretty – I don't want to say – I felt like it was a pretty dominant win over the Falcons. I mean, I didn't really ever feel that the Panthers were in jeopardy of losing that game. I mean, obviously okay. there was that late drive when it was 2013 and Matt Ryan took it all the way down to the goal line and then he threw that bad pick in the back of the end zone. It was rough. Um, it really hurt your fantasy football outlook. But I well, – Wow, we never even talked about that news. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, maybe they'll put that in tidbits. Regardless, I this one's really hard for me. It's really actually kind of a coin flip for me. Ooh. So I'm gonna coin flip in my head. Which quarterback do I believe in more? Teddy Bridgewater picking the Panthers. I think that's the right choice. <clears throat> All right, the second game, the one you gave me before you realized that you only really got to pick two this week. I thought I was being so uh, clever giving you this one. Football team. <laughs> Decided to flip back to you, taking on those New York Giants. This is this is not. I think this is going to be a good game, and this one's sneaky because I don't. You know, I I I try to give you the games that I don't know how to pick, so to save not only save me from the pick, but also because <laughs> I want to trip you up. But I mean, obviously, the Giants almost beat the Cowboys last week, and Washington lost Kyle Allen, and then Alex Smith came in, and we were talking about how you know. Washington has a pretty good football team. It's just they need consistency from their quarterback. And, you know, Kyle Allen looked pretty good to start the, start the game. He had yeah. that rushing touchdown. He was moving the ball. Uh, and then he got injured. And, obviously, you know, the Rams defense took over Aaron Donald sacking four times. So, I don't know. I think this is another coin flip for me. I feel bad for Giants fans right now. I think that if you're a Giants fan, I want you to, to believe in the future being bright. I like Joe Judge. I like what they have. It's just injuries have really crushed them, and they need some more help in that offensive line and, and maybe on the outside a little bit. Uh, I think Washington's defense gets all over that Giants line, and I'm going to pick Washington and win their second game. Oh, I just erased it. <laughs> I'm going to pick Washington to win their second game and then surprisingly be only one game out of the division lead. 
I <laughs> think I would have picked Washington as well. Yeah, I mean, it's close, but I, I think that that defensive line is just going to crush that offensive line. All right, let's talk about Monday Night Football. And I feel like you knew this Monday afternoon football. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Monday, <laughs> Monday 5 eve- o'clock football. Monday early evening football. Monday early bird special football. Love it. The Kansas City Chiefs traveling to take on your Buffalo Bills. Uh, okay, so I think this is going to be a good game. I do. Uh, I'm super excited for this game. I think two that, teams coming off their first loss. And I think that we, big. I think that the two areas where we were really explo- exposed were our secondary because we are missing our top two guys. And they were able to, at times, get pretty good pressure on Josh Allen. Although there were other times where he just had so much time to throw. But... I think that those were the two biggest factors, and I don't think that I'm as worried about that against the Chiefs. But what I'm going to do here, this is a strategic pick. I just want you to know. I think the Bills are going to win, but I'm picking the Chiefs. Ooh. It's a strategic It's a strategic <laughs> pick because I can't lose now. Because if we lose the game, then I could be like, oh, look, I picked the Chiefs. I can win pass picks. But if we win, <laughs> we win. I don't care about pass picks, and we win. So I'm, I'm, this, is, this is strategy here. And we'll see if it pays off. It probably won't. But I think it'll be close. I actually like I believe in Buffalo off of a loss, but I'm gonna pick the Chiefs just to cover my bases here. And I don't know if you if that makes you annoyed, but I'm trying make to make me annoyed. I'm trying to be strategic. I I, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I just hope that when Sunday night football rolls around, instead of being super depressed, you can look if they do lose and be like, I won this pals pick challenge. What do you mean? Like if Buffalo loses, yeah, you can find some joy. That's why I'm in picking getting this. That's exactly. Why I'm doing it. <laughs> so I'm just saying. So when we watch Sunday Night Football, we can still have fun. All right. So that brings us to have, our do, new segments. Okay. I mean, I have cold read. Oh, I thought prop table was first. No, it's cold reads. Fantasy fanatics then prop table. Okay. I sent you the schedule. Doesn't matter. Regardless, I do have a cold read for you. Okay. So, Aaron Rodgers today, uh, or, or was talked about in the Pat McAfee show, and Jamal Williams, running back, was <laughs> asked about the matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he said, "Quote: My quarterback knows when fourth down is." End quote. Yeah. And I want to know if you love it or hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, there's so much of that. I haven't listened to the audio, but knowing Jamal Williams, it had to have been more playful than a serious jab at so Tom. Funny. And also, it, it would bother me if Tom Brady wasn't also making fun of himself for the incident. Right. Um, so that plays a large part in it. But like I said, I just feel like. Jamal Williams is such a happy-go-lucky guy. He's always out there dancing before, oh, before yeah. games. I, love I don't think it was said with any kind of malice. So obviously, especially, I think it's a playful way to to answer that sort of question because obviously he's not going to say, oh, yeah, like Brady over my quarterback. So I think it was just a fun way to answer the question. So I'm not overly bothered about it. Um, if it was said with, like, serious intent or if Brady was like seriously embarrassed or mm-hmm. upset about what he did I'd right. be like hey low hanging fruit but <laughs> I'm not that upset about it sure okay that was my only alright I have one for you so obviously couldn't go the entire podcast without saying I was right Dan Quinn is fired <laughs> so 
it's too low-hanging fruit to say who's the next coach that's going to be fired because we probably assume it's going to be Adam Gase. So well, they're going to lose this weekend. So. Beyond that, do we see this is a two-for, a two-for? Do we see any other head coaches fired this year? You don't have to say a specific one, but you can say one other coach, two other coaches, something along that, or is it just going to be one more? And the question's on everyone's mind because Eric Bieniemy is brought up in any time that anyone, he's going to have two head coaching jobs, according to media analysts everywhere. Who goes where? Who do you see as some potential names to watch out for? Okay. One, I was going to, I toyed between a Raven and a Recall. My recall, and it's still a recall, so we'll say it right now officially. The Lions aren't making the playoffs, and that's my other head coach fire. Okay, I think that I think that Patricia's out, and they're going to have to bring in a new guy next year. Okay, um, maybe they elevate Daryl Bevel, who has a good relationship with Matt Stafford. Who knows? But I do think that he does lose his job this year, and they go in a different direction. It's just that they, he's been touted about his defense, and that the offense would be fine, and their defense has been pretty bad. So it's, you know what I love about you bringing that up is with everything that else has happened this year with with O'Brien and mm-hmm. with Quinn and everything I've kind of I've kind of forgot about Patricia. So yep. I I appreciate you bringing that up. Yep. So I'm just recalling the Lions in, and it just makes me feel more and more better about my Cardinals pick to make the playoffs because I said that the Lions were going to make it. So okay, we'll see what happens there. But I do think I I think that initially. My initial thoughts about head coaches, and I think Eric Bieniemy is a perfect fit in, in Houston. We'll see what happens with their GM hiring for sure, but I think Eric Bieniemy taking the offense that he uses with, with KC is a perfect fit for Deshaun Watson, who's a very similar player to Patrick Mahomes with that sort of magical move around. I think he's got a little bit more magic in him in terms of the I'm going to make an incredible play with my feet type thing, but Pat Mahomes has that for sure Sometimes as well. I feel like we need to reel that magic in. It's it, Well, regardless, yeah. Yeah, sometimes he just needs to get rid of the ball. He just loves to take sacks for some reason. But regardless, I do think the enemy is a perfect fit right there. Uh, I, I'm interested to see wh- where we go with Atlanta because Atlanta can go one of two ways. Obviously, there have been some rumors that they might trade Matt Ryan. you know. And if that's the case, then they're just going to fully tank. Maybe they take Trevor Lawrence and just full-on rebuild next see, year. Arthur Blank was very noncommittal. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But they could also – I mean, I believe in this – trio of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Like, they could just be like, you know what? Let's get a winner in here right now and go for it. So I think that that is what the deciding factor is going to be in terms of coaching. If they decide we're full on rebuild, I think they pick a young coach and a young GM, and they lock them in like the John Lynch, Mike Shanahan combo, and just say, we're going to rebuild from scratch and keep going. Or they could go, let's go veteran, veteran, and roll through this. Let's get guys that are experienced and roll with it. I do think a really good sneaky hire would be, and I think that I kind of am more on you with this one, is I think Josh McDaniels would be great in Atlanta. Like I know that we've talked about, obviously, he took the Colts job and backed off, and I think it was better for Indy in the long run because Frank Reich's a great coach and a great match for that, that, that city for sure. But I, I think that I really would love to see Josh McDaniels be like, I'm going to take Matt Ryan, I'm going to put him back in MVP conversation, and we're going to go back to the Super Bowl. I just think that he could do it, and I think he'd be a great match there. I don't. Obviously, you've said time and time again that he's not going anywhere, that he's just going to take over for Belichick, and that, that you know, I, I'm more and more in that direction now anymore, but I just, I'd love to see it. Okay, cool. I love that. Yeah. One head coaching name that I want to watch out for and obviously we can talk more in depth about this later on, but I'm really intrigued by a man 
in Dan Campbell, who is on. I like Dan Campbell in New Orleans right now. Uh, I just feel like he is a motivator of men. And if you didn't go, if if you did buy into the we're not rebuilding, if we're gonna yeah. stick with with our veteran guys, I feel like that's what you need. I feel like you mm-hmm. can get offensive minds and defensive minds as your coordinator. And what you need in this coach is a true motivator. Yeah. So um, I feel like he, he'd be a good name. I'm with Maybe that. an under radar name, but somebody I think could do a really good job. And there's also a ton of coordinators too. You talk about Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier for the Bills are probably going to get off, or not offers, but like they're going to get interviewed. Uh, I don't know so much Leslie Frazier anymore with the tough start to the defense, but we'll see if it turns around. But Brian Dable with the work that he's done with his offense and Josh Allen definitely going to get interviewed a lot of places. So, all right, let's go to Fantasy Fanatics, and let's give you an update on Simultaneous Catch. We lost a tough one. Uh, we're 3-2 and two now. Okay. We were down by 15 points heading into Tuesday night football. We needed 15 from Gostowski, which maybe was <laughs> foolhardy to think that it could happen, but I really thought it could happen. And they put up the points. It was just all extra points, so we didn't quite win. But we're 3-2. and two. We made the preemptive strike move during the week to pick up Kirk Cousins because he gets this matchup against Atlanta, who gives up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Feel good about that starting this week. Then we have DJ Chark, Odell Beckham Jr., David Johnson, Mike Davis, George Kittle, Antonio Gibson. And then on our bench, obviously, Russ on a bye. Uh, McCaffrey is still on our IR spot. And then we have Deontay Johnson still, Damian Harris, who we pulled off of IR, uh, to Ernest Johnson. And then we did get Jerry Judy. We dropped Scotty Miller for ruining my heart. So I feel pretty good about our team right now. I, I like where we're going. We're 3-2, and two, obviously not the, the best place, but we're solidly in the playoff hunt. Um, one of our losses obviously coming to the number one team in the league, who's 5-0 and oh right now. So we'll see what happens. Are we happens. still ahead of the SNS Sports? We are ahead of CWI Fantasy Sports. Yeah. They are 2-3 and three at the 6th spot, and we are 3-2 and two at the 3rd spot. So we'll see what happens, but I feel pretty good about this roster. Nice. Yeah. Let's We're doing the, okay. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You were saying, let's head into player of the week. Who you got? Again, I'm not going with a player you never heard of. I'm going with Devontae Parker this week, wide receiver of the Dolphins. He plays really darn well against the New York Jets. I think it's going to continue on, and he's going to have a good game this week. You're you're disappointed. I'm mad because I don't want to do this again. Because mine was going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this whole we're doing quarterback and re- receiver thing again, like we did with, it was fun with the Baker first and OBJ. And I like it really is like I'm streaming Ryan Fitzpatrick in so many leagues. Next, I think that they're just going to run rub shot over this New York Jets defense, and I'm I feel very very good about that. Um, and it fits with your, excuse me, um, Devontae Parker, Parker pick. I'm trying to scroll through here. But if we want to go for a second one, I think a player that you can start and flex right here as a, as a maligned running back for the Detroit Lions, DeAndre Swift. I think you can get a, I think you can get a good start out of him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not predicting a multiple touchdown crazy 100-yard game, but I think you can get – Five to six catches in a half PPR. I just PPR, want to see him PPR get league. the touches. So, so we'll see what happens. But I think you can get a flex start out of him if you need to. Nice. But it is going to – Ryan Fitzpatrick is my player of the week. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Let's take a trip over to the newer segment, the prop table. Uh, we're going to do some prop bets every week. I think they're a lot of fun. Last week we went on to Bovada.com, which is where I do a, some sports betting. But now we're going to go – It's funny. I don't – sorry. What? Like, do you even know how we did? I feel like yeah. it wasn't very good. I'll have to take a look back and I'll pay more attention to it, but I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode. I, re- I just remember saying that the first score of the Chargers-Saints game was going to be a field goal by 
and you, wasn't. Yeah, well, I, you did say it was Will Lutz, so he didn't get it right, but I don't remember what well, I, I said it was Will Lutz. Yeah. I thought I said LA Badger. was going to kick it. I don't know. Well, I'll have to look back, but I'll keep more track of this one. This one we're traveling to a different website. It's called monkeyknifefight.com. The fantasy footballers talk Yikes. about this one, but I think they have more fun prop bets. So we're going to head – I'm highlighting three games, okay. and there are teams. So we're going to go to that Jets-Dolphins matchup, and we're going to look at both quarterbacks. I'm going to give you more or less. Okay. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick, two hundred sixty-seven and a half yards, more or less. More. Okay. Joe Flacco, two hundred twenty-three and a half, more or less. 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 Okay. Now let's head over to the Green Bay and Tampa Bay game. Uh, should we do? Hmm. Let's not do quarterbacks. Let's do wide receivers here. Let's go Devonte Adams, on track to play in this game. Eighty-two and a half receiving yards, more or less. More. Okay, Mike Evans, five and a half receptions, more or less. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I'll say more. Okay, I would agree. All right, now let's head into that Monday evening matchup. Let's go quarterbacks here. Patrick Mahomes, 319 and a half passing yards, more or less. Um... I'm going to say less. Okay. And then Josh Allen's 253.5, more or less. I think it's going to be more. I okay. see it being like the 280 range. All right. Now, who has more receptions, Travis Kelsey or Stefan Diggs? Travis Kelsey. Okay. And then more receiving yards, Tyreek Hill or McCole Hartman? I feel pretty confident that he'll do that one. Okay. That was prop table. Prop table. Love it. Love it. So go on. And Those ones were fun. Make your bets on either Bovada or MonkeyKnifeFight.com. <laughs> I think it's such a funny name, but I think that's kind of clever because it makes you remember it. All right. Uh, any tidbits you got before Friends Fortune? I do not, other than the fact that. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I didn't get to talk about it all night because it was just bad juju going on in the air, but. <sighs> So, Adam and I had our first fantasy matchup against each other this week. I went into the Buffalo Bills game up by three points. Adam has Buffalo's defense and Devin Singletary. So, basically, almost no chance for me to win. You didn't have any other players. I didn't have any other players. Tyler Lockett was playing, and I was down by, like, seven. Okay. And he got me, like, to plus three, right. something like that. Buffalo so, had negative, negative points. So at 9.30 p.m., we are playing this on, uh, what's this one called again? What's this? Sleeper. Sleeper. So like they have like their win percentage tracker right, thing, as right. most do. Right. But Sleepers is like pretty, pretty aggressive in my it opinion. Is. Oh, it is. So at 9.30, Adam has 100% chance of winning. Yep. At 9.35... Adam has 96% chance of winning. At 9.45, it completely transfers over, and I have 99% chance of winning. It was after Tennessee scored their final touchdown to make it 35-plus points, because at that point, the defenses lose four points. Yep. So it was just pretty, pretty remarkable. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. Could Listen, I don't know it. how many of you are newer to the podcast, but famously, I was, what, 23 or 24 losses straight against Josh in fantasy football. It was crazy. And my only win, I don't even count, 
from last year because it was like all of our players were gone and we weren't even taking it seriously. <laughs> and, it counts. And then there was another game last year where we were both like, like I had it pretty, pretty won, and we were like, let's just play random receivers from the Vikings. And I played the one that should have gotten five catches at least and was blanketed, no, no touches. And he played a fifth string Laquan Treadwell who had one catch for like seventy yards and touchdown. It was when I was like, I'm gonna play Doug Baldwin who's retired. Unbelievable, (laughs) unbelievable. I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it. I'm not an idiot. I know how to play You're fantasy football, and for some reason, I cannot beat you. We have plenty more opportunities this year. <laughs> we we're do. In, we're, we're in a, a couple of leagues together. But so. Unbelievable. So I just, I really was prepared to be like, you got the vampire. <sighs> Stupid. Just did not happen. So All right. I just wanted to talk about that. Regardless. Since. Well, I'm going to go lick my wounds from that while you do Friends Fortune. Okay. Woohoo, Henry Ruggs. Thanks, man. Just takes one catch sometimes, and you got it for me. So, Adam is officially gone. He did not hurt himself going in. Let's see if he hurts himself coming out. Prop bets on that, anybody? I'm going to take the over. So, talking about the Green Bay Buccaneers game, my projection is that no team is going to score more than 24 points in this game. The Bucks have scored 28-plus in 3 of 5. The Packers have obviously talked about them 30-plus in all four thus far this year. I'm going to say neither team will score more than 24. The winning team might have 24, but not going over. And you heard it here from Josh. He's doing surprisingly well in Friends Fortune this year. It's weird. Maybe I need to be more like Adam. Hmm. Nah. All right. All this dead air on the podcast. All right. So, whew, man, don't really know how I come back from all this. He's already got two and a half friends' fortunes correct, and I'm just kind of wallowing here. But we're going to travel into that Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. We talked about Cleveland being the best running team and Pittsburgh being the best run defense team, and they haven't given up a ton of yards to running backs. But I say that the Cleveland running game and their trio of backs and to Ernest Johnson, Kareem Hunt, and Dontrell Hilliard will combine for a total of 150-plus rushing yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday. It's going to happen. It's going to be great. I'm going to get on the board in Friends Fortune. All right. Love it. We're both going to – I don't know. No, we're not going to both get it right. I say that every week and we're wrong. So you're going to get it wrong and I'm going to get it right. Okay. <laughs> I had some catching up to do. I'm okay. Listen, it. I went bold, but I didn't give five stipulations. It's just one bold statement, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's how it should be. All right. Any shout-outs for today? Just want to shout out my good friend Adam. Who's that? Seems like a loser. Also known as Dummy. <laughs> Maybe you know him as that name, but he's a good kid. Uh, had a Had a bad Tuesday night. But it's all okay. Listen again. It's it's in how we lose. I've said that time and time again. It's if we're losing in heartbreaking fashion, it just flashes back to all the years where we lose all the time in heartbreaking fashion. I just want us to like, if we're gonna lose, can we just lose in a good battle instead of just being so bad? <laughs> <sighs> also, shout out to my dad who came over to watch the game with us. Yeah. And had like a, 
ma- semi-major allergic reaction to some Thai food we all had. I really want to eat the Thai food. I'm, I'm, I've also wanted to eat. Let's <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> but I don't know if I should like play with bait that way. Anyways, regardless, so. thanks for listening to Simultaneous Catch, everybody. Make sure you like us and follow us on Facebook. Answer the questions. I post a question every Sunday for you guys to answer. And once we get some more engagement, uh, maybe you guys will be on the show. It could be fun. Uh, make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts. Like, rate us. Give us five star rating, please. And we're also on Spotify. Anything else? As always, everybody, enjoy week six of the NFL. God bless.